Philly represent. We got WrestleMania 40. Fuck you, New York. Fuck you. In your Madison Square Garden every 10 years. We're going to continue WrestleMania 40 filled with cream cheese. Have a cream cheese battle up in this bitch. Yeah. We got WrestleMania 40, bitches. We're getting WrestleMania 40 and extreme rules. Okay. Hey, you got to take what you can get. You know? That's right. New friend of the show, Barry Horowitz. Yay, bow to the awesomeness that is and was and ever will be Barry Horowitz. You are my new number one fan. After I read your cameo about giving me so much props, thank you so much. I'm glad I made your Saturday morning the best. I appreciate it. I appreciate you following me on Peacock. I'll still be there. Uh, I'm overwhelmed right now. Mm-hmm. That was absolutely amazing, man. <laughs> I, was, I was like three beers deep when I when I saw that too. I was like, yes! <laughs> I was like talking along with him. I was like, I am your biggest fan. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> Don't him. It's like, you're you're well appreciated. He's so appreciated on this show. He's the godfather of all red tights. Yeah, I mean, this is a basically a red tight centric show. Who better than Barry? legendary Jewish wrestler, according to AEW. <laughs> Nobody's better than Barry. Nobody. Nobody ever, ever. <laughs> right. like, take your gear, Ellsworths, and, yeah. and suck it. That's right. Okay. Right. Well, where are we? Who are we? When are we? We're at a point in time where uh, Vince McMahon has only slept with 50 <laughs> or so interns or whatever. Oh. He's still in charge of the company or something. <laughs> Because it is February 13th, 1993. It is, and it is Saturday morning, Superstars! Yeah, what, what better way to celebrate Valentine's Day in 1993? With the, the ever-present <laughs> WWF on Saturday mornings. Yes, February 13th, 1993. I'm Dom. I am fan. We're channeling the midlife crisis. We're doing uh, early 90s syndicated professional wrestling here. We are at the San Jose State Event Center. New place. Yes, San Jose, California. Now known as the Provident Credit Union Event Center because everything's mm. named after something that can be charged. Formerly and more commonly known as the Event Center Arena. Complex consisting of indoor arena and a fitness club. So get your IcoPro on, everybody. At the main campus of San Jose State University in downtown San Jose, California. Built in 1989 and still going strong. Really? Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. I've noticed the readers are getting dinky. Yeah, yeah. So, well, actually, I felt like this one was a little bit bigger than the one we were previously in, in San Antonio. This one felt a little bit, a little wider. However, it wasn't very tall. No, it's like one deck. 
Yeah. Very uh, Wildwood, where everybody's on one deck. Yeah. We do have a credit sequence, just we get the opening Yay. theme song with yeah. no Flair, and I can't figure out who they replaced him with. I did not catch it. I Everything looks not. the same, except Flair's out. Yeah. We have Ica Pro banners hanging. Of course. We have Headlock on Hunger banners. Yes. Very prop displayed. They were shown a few times in this episode. Well, I mean, what a good corporate entity the WWF is. <laughs> Forward conscientious. Yes. At this time in 1993. Macho's here with his green tuxedo version of his wrestling attire. I have the Macho wearing the key lime green jello that was always the last color to be eaten. That's right. Yeah, no one. <laughs> no. King is like a tan crown. Yeah, this was a this was a different crown. I believe he had a darker crown. Yeah, red or blue, right? No, it's that's fine. Yeah, something like I think it was a blue blue one before, but uh sporting the the out jacket with the epaulets. Vince in his lovely blue suit right in the middle of both of them trying to keep the peace. Uh, yeah, Vince has been zooming it all these years. I haven't noticed, but I should have. Whenever they cut to the studio, you get to see that Vince's pants do not match. He's not actually in a suit. He's got like regular old pants on and a three-piece above the waist. <laughs> Hoping that you never see anything from the waist down. God oh, damn it. Are they sh shooting my legs? I'm in sweatpants. <laughs> Zoom in. Zoom in. Yeah. Tiger shot. Yeah. Macho's also got like the early 90s fingerless gloves on. One is the 90s neon mess and the other is a, a lime green to go along with his outfit. I don't think anything says cry for help more than the person wearing fingerless gloves. Yeah. So, it's like, please pay attention to me. <laughs> oh, look, you have fingerless gloves. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Mommy, uh. can you pick me up from the mall? I'm done being a badass. All right. Well, who do we got on the card today? We have Tatanka versus Shawn Michaels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Non-title, which they mention in the crates, like way in the background, you hear the announcer saying it's a non-title match. Yeah. What does Tatanka have to do to get a title match? Yeah. Virgil's walking around, losing every match known to man, and he's got a intercontinental match. He's got a heavyweight championship match. We'll probably throw him in a tag team match just so he has a chance. At some point. This is true. Virgil has never won a match ever. <laughs> yeah. Gets a title match every other week. And here's undefeated. Undefeated, which they mentioned many times. Yes. Can't get a match. We're, we're going to get an update on Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yep. We are going to get an interview with Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Ah, uh, yes. Because uh, yeah, here it comes. Yeah. He's yeah. on his way. We thought the fucking puppet was bad. <laughs> yeah. Just wait until you see the end of this WrestleMania. <laughs> Rocco versus Brutus. I, I'd pay for that. Wow. I'd actually want the puppet to win. Narcissus the Narcissist. Yes. Will be in action. Back from his stint in recovery. Crush, mm -hmm. after being beaten by Clown, will be here. Crush versus Clown. That's what they should have called a butt doink. I'm just Clown. Crush for, yeah, versus Clown. <laughs> Versus Clown. But they didn't do it in the typical way. They didn't announce the matches with, like, the little side cards. They just kind of set it from the booth, from the green screen. I remember this opening match. I saw it live. Oh, wow. When it was on TV. I, I yeah. didn't go to California. But I, did that. <laughs> I remember seeing this match on television as a kid because I remember the first time that they made a big deal of Shawn Michaels singing the theme song. Yeah. Because we've had Sherry being the uh, vocalist for the theme song, which made sense. Now it's Shawn Michaels calling himself a sexy boy toy. Yes. Which is, which never... They change people's theme music like every few years. They updated... Even The Undertaker, who always came in with like the funeral march, had it 
adapted. Shawn Michaels goes his entire career uh -huh. with himself singing about how he's a boy toy. Yeah, but it's the same exact lyrics. Like, they didn't really change the lyrics except for the, you know, he's becomes I. Yeah. So I came into this theme, you know, maybe two years into it, not mm -hmm. watching at this time. I didn't really think too much of it. I, you know, when I, being a musician, when I, when I listen to songs, I don't necessarily listen to the words right away. I'm always listening to like chord structure and things like that. So I didn't, it really didn't bother me. And, you know, as I kind of got into the, the words a little bit more and just for the time, I felt like it still didn't bother me that much because it was just like, you know, he's kind of like on the same area as like Lex Luger is. He's, he's a narcissist right now. He's all about himself. So it kind of made sense in that respect, you know, being a, being a heel, it made sense for him to sing his own lyrics about himself. 80s teen movie starlets Two minutes and 32 seconds in, it looks like some Brat Packers. All right. And their moms are, are <laughs> loving Shawn Michaels, who's in uh, all gold mm -hmm. and, and a blue version of the belt. Yeah. Did he have this one before? I wasn't sure if it was a white belt or was it the blue belt before? He had white. I, I think he said yellow. And I think yeah. he said blue. I think he said all the Warriors old belts. Okay. I think we've seen three different colors along with the original black. Mike McGurk's in the ring in blue. The sky blue tux. That's what I had of you. Right, they should really bring back this shirt because it would sell. The yeah. gigantic face print that covers the entire shirt of the oh, Undertaker. Yeah. Yeah. With only the eyes colored red is in the crowd a lot. This is the shirt plant episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. Lots of, lots of Ico Pro and Caesar's Palace. I noticed as well. And just, you know, merch, merch, merch. Tataka comes screaming in like he's the ultimate warrior. And we get our first shot of uh, a shirt plant where mm -hmm. this woman who is definitely wearing a long sleeve <laughs> shirt. Yes. With a Tataka shirt over it is cheering on Tataka. I noticed that because, you know, they had to pick like the woman that had the most flamboyant shirt. You could tell by the arms yeah. <laughs> to put her this, this white t-shirt over, you know, so you could totally tell that she just put that on. We have, of course, a couple shots, but not a lot of people bought the foam tomahawk. Okay. I see like two in the audience, but they keep on shooting the two kids. Not too much there. Do you think that the fact that we actually get a competitive version of uh, a name versus name as opposed to a squash version? Because even mm -hmm. when we saw name versus names before, it was like champion Bret Hart versus Skinner. And Skinner was yeah. just there to get his ass kicked. We actually have a really competitive match here between Tatanka and mm -hmm. Shawn Michaels. I'm just wondering if it's because, you know, Monday Night Raw is giving us real matches now. Did they start um, peppering them into superstars? I, I think maybe they were seeing, you know, good ratings for those type of matches on the Monday Night Raw show and maybe to try and boost viewership on Saturday mornings. That, that would be, you know, the way to work this. I totally think that this would have been more of a squash match had it been a title match. The fact that they're billing it as a non-title match, like even before I watched it, led me to believe that this was actually going to be, you know, more of a back and forth between these guys, which it was. This was a really good match and a really good way to to start off the show. I was surprised that Sean lost. Mm -hmm. I guess if you want to keep him undefeated. Well, here's the thing, because I did a little bit of research on this, because what they needed to do, apparently, because they were building up Morty Gennetti at this time, who apparently got fired. He's already gone. He's already gone. So I watched this whole interview. So building up to the World Rumble match, 
they were doing that match at house shows, which he didn't particularly care to do because he's like, you know, why are we doing this match? People are going to watch it at the pay-per-view. So they worked it up to like this, you know, it was, it was really good to like the night before they had the match and, you know, it was, they, they, they basically killed it out there. You know, Sean was really happy about it. Marty was happy about it. And then they get pulled in when they, when he gets there for the Royal Rumble, they hadn't incorporated Sherry into the match yet. Oh. So they kind of threw that. This is all according to Gennetti, of course. I don't know if any of this is true, but this is how he describes it. So they throw in Sherry like at the last minute on this and it completely, what he calls, you know, screwed up the flow of the match for him. So after the match at Royal Rumble, which was not that great because of the whole mm. weird ending, he gets pulled in to Vince's office because Vince had heard how this was like such an awesome match, you know. And then he uh, sees all the like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, that was an awful, awful match. And he says, Shawn Michaels like threw him under the bus saying he was, you know, he wasn't in his right mind. Like he was doing all kinds of drugs and all that stuff coming into that match. So uh, yeah, Vince canned them. So, for this particular match, Sitaka versus Sean, they needed to put somebody else in the Gennetti spot. So they figured Tatanka was the way to go. So I guess that's why they put this match together. I do remember evil Tatanka managed by Sherry. So yeah, they really do put him into the same Yeah, exact they put spot. him in the Gennetti spot. If he gets fired. I'm going to have to see how it shakes out because why turn him bad? Yeah. I don't know if that's what's happening yet. I know we do have evil Tatanka. I just don't remember when. So if he's a good guy with Sherry in the corner, that makes sense because Sean's still the heel. Mm -hmm. Oh, we shall see. But yeah, it's a good good match. It took over two segments. We get a commercial break. Last week, we had a Bam Bam Bigelow match that lasted like 50 seconds. Oh, uh, it was very, very short. Here we have an actual competitive name versus name intercontinental championship match that goes to commercial breaks. Yeah. Like, what show am I watching? <laughs> yeah. And here's the other thing, especially because it was like, there was no meats and cheeses. At the end no. of this match. No charcuterie. Yeah, it was a clean win for Tatanka. Tatanka's a big guy, and he does that thing where he jumps completely over Shawn Michaels to try to sunset flip him, mm -hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. Shawn Michaels misses both finishers. He tries to super kick, and that gets blocked, and then he tries to side mm -hmm. suplex. That's blocked, so I thought that yeah. was cool. Yeah, so it, it, all around, just... Uh, pretty good match on this one i like this one yeah clean, the clean pin surprised me you could have had it a title match still mm -hmm. had tatanka be undefeated but have a, like a dq or a count out yeah but instead they cleanly pin him that was the thing that surprised me that they actually yeah. pinned sean you know everybody uh talks about how sean was supposed to have a three match set against hulk hogan you know when he came back from wcw yeah and hogan wanted to do one and he wanted to win so sean just hammed up the entire thing and started doing like 80s style selling sean is doing 80 style selling. Oh, he yeah. He tomahawk chopped by, <laughs> by Tatanka and like does a backflip. Oh, yeah. He's, as a he's reaction. completely thrown out to the mat a lot harder than it actually looks. He does a 360 <laughs> spin. I was just expecting like cartoon sounds behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Hannah Barbera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. So here's my thing. Okay. I think there's a place for all this cheesy ass character shit mm -hmm. i think saturday morning superstars should return in all its 80s gimmicky glory for six to 12 year olds why have raw pg have saturday mornings pg there you go you know how they have like star trek cartoons for the kids on nickelodeon yeah 
have a show that's you can tape it in a small arena or do it or, or do it earlier fill it with kids and just have gimmicky shit have cops again and yeah and max moon and, and like all oh, these we got max moon we, we just, need him we need him back <laughs> we miss him feel much why not have a kid show i agree man you know i think they need that that element monday night just doesn't make sense for it to be pg i'm i'm happy they're going back to the tv 14 breeding Mm -hmm. on that because you know it, it, the time of like it's prime time like what else is going on in prime time not kid shows you get you have your your tv 14 stuff at that time you got law and order you know <laughs> saying all kinds of crazy shit on the other channel that they're allowed to get away with you know yeah, why can't like you do that killing people on, like shooting yeah, people exactly <laughs> exactly Wait, why can't you get away with that on wrestling and then, you know, save the, save the kids stuff for, do they really, do they still have like Saturday morning cartoons? I no. I, I didn't think so. Yeah. They have, you know, maybe channels that cater to it, but that's it. But have, yeah. yeah why have main event be raw with just people you're not pushing? Have main mm -hmm. event be on Saturday mornings with cartoony characters like this. Yeah. Now I'm totally on board for that, man. Yeah. Bring it back. That'd be good. Well, this is strange, man. This is a 42 minute show. <laughs> we are 10 minutes in and we've only had one match. The pacing's all off for Superstar. Oh no. Gene's not going to know what to do with update. He's going to update what we just had at the last match. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we get to see the entire Pearl Harbor thing again. A date which will live in infamy. Yeah. So Gene, basically we get to WWF uh, updates with Gene, which is once again, not an update. It is a recap. Gene sets the scene for us. So we get the replay of Yoko and Duggan with Okerlund narrating for us in his very appalled voice because yes. he's always appalled at everything. And so we get that whole thing. Once again, we show Yoko sitting on Hacksaw with his balls in his face four times. Well, actually, I think they only showed the first two, but I believe he actually hit him three times before they put the flag on him. They also didn't show like 50 other attempts to Hexel. Hexel ran into Yoko 75 times before he got him on the ground. Exactly. So yeah, after that, we get a very, very quick little promo from Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji. And as Fuji is gloating over what happens to Duggan, basically flattens him. He says that Yokozuna, I believe he said Yokozuna won, which he didn't. He did not. No, Duggan technically won the unsanctioned match or whatever you want to call it where it wasn't even a match he was just trying to get him off his feet and he did that saving face for duggan he says my yokozuma beat you right in the middle of the ring yeah he did not beat him <laughs> and he squished him in the corner of the ring in the corner <laughs> we need to learn some perspective here we cut back to vince after the whole thing where he's saying that duggan suffered cracked ribs and internal bleeding and might not return to the ring so he's going to get the crush treatment yes will he return the answer is yes he will yeah. uh, yes i did like the king saying they should have covered him not in the flag but in maple syrup because <laughs> he, he's flattened as a pancake mm -hmm. yes yeah the the king who is from the south is very pro-japanese he is. He's, 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 he's to be. But he's saying Hexel is a disgrace to the United States, to his family. He yeah. disgraced his family. How would he disgrace his family? I'm, I I'm I not know. quite sure. He did what he said he was going to do. Yeah, Macho's like, he won. <laughs> he did great. Yeah, <laughs> he did his job. He just got, you know, attacked from behind after the match was over. Can't do anything yes. about that. Keep on bringing out Pearl Harbor. 
December 7th, 1941. We're out of there and into a match that no red tight shell should ever have to endure. <laughs> they have to fight the Steiners. Yes. Yes. They, they, these two guys drew the short straws backstage. They're like, oh shit. Oh no. They certainly got the shit kicked out of them. I was just like noticing, like now that I, I know, you know, people were not happy to wrestle the Steiners. The whole first sequence of this match, Scott Steiner is just throwing his red tight to the ground like a rag doll. It's pretty brutal. We get Al Burke and Larry Simpson are our red tights for tonight's bout. Al Burke is a American professional wrestler and also stuntman and actor. They wrestled as a talent in the 1980s and 1990s. And on the independent wrestling circuit, he is better known under his ring name of Mr. Outrageous. Mr. Outrageous. Yes. I don't remember him as Mr. Outrageous, but he's the guy that when I saw him, I'm like, I think I've seen him before. Well, you may have seen him in Adam Sandler's movie, The Wedding Singer, because he appears as the large Billy Idol fan in the Adam Sandler movie. That's the first thing I thought of is, <laughs> was he, was he with Billy Idol? I, I don't know. Billy Idol's on, on the, the plane. That's the only time we yeah. see Billy Idol on the plane in that movie. I have to go back and look at it and see if I could catch this guy. Our other red tight, Larry Sampson's, is also known as Sweet Daddy Sampson's. Nice. Yes. <laughs> 362 days as the UWA Canadian heavyweight champion in the late 80s. That's right. So most of these guys had fairly decent careers. Well, good, because they're not going to survive this. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is the end of their careers. Plant shirt number two, Ica Pro shirt on Smiling Blonde Lady. All right. Yeah. A couple of good ones in this one. I mean, they're um, so oversized and they're wearing another shirt under it. I mean, yeah. it's just so obvious. So we get Scott in the ring at first with Samson, gets Samson down as Lawler starts to make fun of the signers. Scott hits him with several different types of suplexes and just folds them down to the ground in each one. They didn't look like they were pretty. And then they show Rick. In the corner, King Scott kill Larry. He's just like laughing. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He's just like cracking up about how how much Scott Steiner is just like tossing this <laughs> poor guy around. Exactly. Yeah, they they're loving it over there. Rick Steiner for some reason has his fingers taped in the Vulcan position. Oh, like his pinky and his ring finger are taped together, and his middle finger and his pointer finger are taped together. So he's like in a Vulcan salute permanently. It's a little goofy. They do the thing that we've been seeing for the third straight week where the opponent doesn't actually get to the tag. The Steiners just throw the guy to his partner. It's yeah. Like, I'm tired of beating you up. <laughs> Let me throw you into your partner so you can tag out. I feel like this is a move that they just tell him backstage. It's just like, look, just do what we tell you to do. We'll tell you when to tag in. We'll tell you when to tag out. When I give you my hand, you take my hand and I will throw you somewhere. And then go to the next person and here's the finish. Yeah. He's like, look, dude, there's a good chance. Like when you're done the sequences with me, you won't be able to see anymore. <laughs> you're going to be real disoriented. You might not even be able to hear. Yeah. You might not know your name anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'll help you out. I'll throw you into your partner. Yeah. And then he can get his ass kicked for a <laughs> while, but you don't want to like try to tag him. You're going to be so disoriented. You're going to be concussed. Yeah. You're just going to be so messed up. I'll help you out. A always BBC closing. Always be closing. You can buy a copy of WWF magazine where you can see a profile of the Steiners. 
Yes, with the silver razor on the front of the magazine, and uh, we get a nice little article on the Steiners in the inset of the magazine. I like that. Yeah. Uh, usually because I got the magazine a month before, and I would know what was going to be happening on TV before it would air. So they probably did the magazine article, taped the episodes, and then yeah. aired the episodes. So, like, I knew the Rockers break up or were having trouble before they actually aired that kind of stuff. Yeah. So if you had the magazine, you'd know the Steiners before they'd be on television, which is helpful if you only got one channel. Like, it was very hard for us in the Northeast to catch a WCW thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't until, like, you got cable and you maybe got TBS that you were able to see Steiners or Ric Flair Sting or anybody else like that. But I was aware of these guys before they even hit. They, they just yeah. transcended the Federation. Yeah, there were a few like that, like the Steiners, the Ric Flairs, Sting, I think. Even Lex Luger to a point, like you knew those names. I want to be so cool that uh, I would get a Rick Steiner tattoo of himself riding a dog with two machine guns in the air, <laughs> in the air. <laughs> Is that what he has? That's what he has on his arm. He's got himself like riding a dog, holding a machine gun. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, Rick. I didn't see the Frankensteiner. I don't know if maybe the Frankensteiner was a little bit too dangerous or something because a couple of times that we've seen it it almost looks like the either the the red tights didn't know how to take it or just scott was almost landing on his head way too many times so somebody said you need a new finisher because that one's going to kill somebody three possible theories one okay. if you don't know how to take it he didn't do it his opponents might have been too big maybe he didn't do it like these guys don't look like flippy floppy guys the guys they're facing so i don't know if they could have taken it but they're also on the larger side and theory number three they wanted something that used both dudes yeah because uh, otherwise yeah that might elevate you know scott a little bit more than rick if, if he's just doing the frankenstein that makes sense yeah so scott gets to show off his strength by holding this motherfucker on his shoulders and yeah. Rick gets to jump off and give him a bulldog, which... Yeah, it was kind of like a, almost like a reverse, like, doomsday yeah. device. You know, instead of having him forward and just clotheslining him off, they're, they're just grabbing him and doing a bulldog. Yeah, otherwise the only way Rick can participate is if he throws the dude into the ropes for the Frankensteiner. Yeah, yeah. Looking at Rick, I'm realizing that Scott just, like, co-ops his beard to become Big Papa Pop, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> he just takes that and, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like they switch haircuts and you get a big yep. pop up. We got shit to sell. Always be closing. We have to sell the dual pack. The sixth annual Survivor Series. I liked it when they actually gave you the number so you can actually keep track of them. So yeah. they had the sixth annual Survivor Series. And they had to change the cover because the old cover had Macho yes. Warrior. It did. Mooster in the event center, and he's kicking it for some of our first promos of the evening, starting off with the Berserker. And I have just a couple of translations here for us. So the Berserker basically says, I'm never going to win anything, so I really don't care. But maybe I do. So I call out everybody he's talking about like how he's never cared about titles but now he cares about titles but, yes uh, yeah there's nothing about this that makes sense first of all he is no longer managed by fuji i guess Fuji's nowhere to be seen he's doing his I own am. promo which is probably not a good idea he starts by saying i'm not a guy who cares about titles but i want to win a title yeah <laughs> and then he just pointed out the fact that his finishing move is not to pin a guy. Yeah, I'll just throw you over the top rope, but I'm still not going to win a title that way. So he calls out the only two people he could potentially call out that have titles, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. 
Right. And he goes on to like Mr. Perfect. <laughs> it's like, well, Mr. Perfect doesn't have a title. <laughs> so I don't know where you're going with this one. He's all over the place. Yeah. 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 Berserker can go away. So our second promo is Kamala with Slick. And Slick is a happy man. Yes. He is, he's like going, you know, full on, you know, Mr. Jefferson it on this one. does sound like George Jefferson. Yeah. I think thing. that I, I bet you like somewhere along the line, Vince was, you know, I think this was about the time because, um, shoot, I can't think of his name that played Mr. Jefferson, but there was another show. Amen. Amen. That he was on. Yeah. He was, he was like Deacon, Deacon Fry. Yes. On, on that I, one. God, you know what it has to be. It went off the air in 91. Okay, so it would have been so it's around right, the same same yeah, time. Yeah, right about the same time. And Vince not necessarily always ahead of the curve. But like, yeah. I just saw this new <laughs> show. Is anybody going to tell oh. him it aired in, in like 86? Oh, shut up. Just let him go. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that's the kind of vibe they were going for on this. Anyway, so he's a, he's a happy man. Set on a mission, and he's helping Kamala. And he calls out Harvey and Kimchi. They are in a lot of trouble. Kamala does two very great things. At the start of it, he's reaching out, trying to grab the camera lens. He's like, yes. he's like, can't touch it. And then he gets so sick of the slick shit that he just starts like wailing over it. Yeah. When Slick takes off his mask, mm -hmm. he looks like he's like following a mouse on the ground. <laughs> he's scared of the mouse. He just keeps looking at the ground during he this and he's like moving around. He's like, oh, there's a mouse on the ground. I'm not a fan of a slick managed Kamala. I... No, I'm much, much more a fan of when a woman did it. Yep. Narcissist and narcissist is yes. here. We get the narcissist of the sis. His uh, outfit gleams like <laughs> it's it's real chrome <laughs> it's it's tanning the audience as he walks down yeah it is so bright so silvery shiny bright this is a different mirror than i remember i remember handheld mirrors by like bikini chicks that's the one that i remember from because the first time i saw this gimmick was wrestlemania 9 because mm -hmm. i just kind of watched all the wrestlemanias and that was that's what i remember like yeah, a bunch of bikini chicks holding the, the mirrors, like three or four mirrors in the middle of the ring. This is a like seven foot mirror wrapped in tinfoil. Yeah, yeah. And he's just watching himself and they always cut to these women and he's supposed to be a bad guy. Yeah. But every chick is like, whoa, hubba yeah, hubba. The, yeah, they're like, sitting there with the ones in their pocket waiting. <laughs> yeah, I'm like watching the extras for Magic Mike. <laughs> Yeah. Like they're all smiling, like, hey, check this guy out. My favorite mirror move isn't necessarily Lex's. They got two stagehands. Move the mirror. Yeah. And as they're taking it out, Lex is following them, like hypnotized by himself. I'm not done looking at me. Don't take it. Yeah. He just starts following yeah. the mirror as it's being carried out. It's like, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, he's not necessarily known for character development, but that was pretty good. No, no, I'm not done <laughs> looking at me. I'm going to follow the thing out. Yeah, that could have been real life for him. Yeah. This is great. 22 minutes, 48 seconds in, you have a booing old truck driving looking dude. Okay. And I swear he has a tattoo of like a pole dancer. I'll have to check this out. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, what is that? Something on his arm. And it looks like it's saying something at the bottom. Yeah, it's like a captioning. <laughs> this red tight's interesting because he actually is decently built, but he is like a foot shorter than Lex. Yeah, not a uh, very tall dude. He is kind of tiny and, you know, the way that some of the camera angles look, he makes him look very dwarfish. So um, this is Larry Ludden, and all I could find on him was he has 19 matches between 90 and 93. 
All right. So this is Luger's first match on Superstars, and it basically just beats on Luden incessantly. And after each move, he flexes. He flexes something. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pec yeah. flex, flexes his legs, flexes his arms, yeah. shows off his body a lot. Yeah, a lot of that. And then his finishing move out of all of this is a forearm smash. So basically, like uh, Tito's old move, but without the jump. Now, do you know why the red tight was motionless after the forearm smash? I do not. Did he actually get knocked out? He gets totally knocked out. And that's going to be a thing with Lex. Because eventually, and I don't remember when they do it, whether or not it was when he was a good guy or when he's a bad guy. Yeah. But Lex has, was in a motorcycle accident. Yeah. Around around the time he was in the, going from WCW to the WBF. I Mm -hmm. think that's why he wasn't at whatever their show was. Yeah. Remember they were promoting Lex was going to be there and then Lex wasn't going to be there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the disaster show. Well, he got in a motorcycle accident. They put a metal plate in his arm and elbow. Oh, jeez. And they started using that as a gimmick where if he hit you with his arm, it was like getting hit by a steel pipe. I can believe it. If I remember correctly, what we're going to see is him laying out these red tights with this devastating clothesline where they're just like knocked out and people are going like why is this clothesline killing people yeah and then you're going to see the x-ray of the metal pipe and then they go back and forth with forcing him to wear a protective armband okay and that way if takes the armband off it's like he's cheating because he's hitting you with his metal cyber arm he's robocop he's robocop (laughs) he's robolex robolex there you are hey did you check the uh, half woman half poodle at 25 19 I'm not there yet. What I am seeing is the pin where Lex grabs the guy's leg and then around the count of two slides his hand onto the guy's ass. Yes. I'm not sure what that was all about. But (laughs) maybe he was checking his pulse in some weird way. So they're working on the feud for Mr. Perfect and the narcissist during this whole thing as well. Building up towards WrestleMania 9. This is the best graphics package I've ever seen for WrestleMania. Yeah. They have like this 3D Roman statue thing for the <laughs> WrestleMania 9 report. Yes. They have this mosaic kind of over the shoulder graphic for WrestleMania for Gene. Mm-hmm. It's a Sunday afternoon. Do you like, I don't Sunday remember. Af- yeah. I don't, WrestleMania is being in the afternoons. Well, I do remember it being because it was a smaller venue and it was outside with Caesars. I remember the main event, it's still being light out. Maybe they didn't have lights. Yeah, so maybe they didn't have lights for this one since it was set up in the parking lot, basically. But yeah. A, B, C. Always be closing. We have the biggest Ica Pro ad I've ever seen. And they throw both taglines in. Of course. Yeah, we for, got both of them back. <laughs> for everybody who cares about their body, body. you got to want it. you got to want it. <laughs> Please, so somebody. We have so much goddamn inventory. <laughs> you really got to want it. No, trust me. you got to want it. You need to want it. <laughs> oh, we got to sell this shit. Yeah, we got warehouses filled with with Cyclone. So yeah, for our WrestleMania report, which I believe this is our first report, we get the announcement of three matches. The first being, of course, Yokozuna as a billet of this point. That's what they keep saying. So I'm wondering if there was like something that they weren't sure was going to happen or if they were even going to get to that point or maybe they were like waiting for Hogan to come back. You know, he he would get in there some way before. To get yeah. the belt, so it'd I don't be know Hogan like... versus Yoko, but they keep saying, as of as of this point, it is Bret Hart versus Yoko. Well, Yoko's the lock, so yeah. I don't know if they were thinking, is this going to be a big enough main event 
with mm-hmm. Bret Hart as our champion. Yeah. Are they pushing Bret Hart's like amazing fortitude to defend the belt every like a 24 <laughs> seven title? Yeah. Where he's always defending the title. So will he make it? I mean, that's what I was getting from it. Like he defends it so much. He's such the fighting champion that, it, you know, the, the law of averages have got to catch up with him where, you know, eventually. eventually, will he actually make it because he's been burning the candle at both ends? They have a lot of good graphics. They have them all in mosaics, like they're yeah. in, in Roman times and it fades into their pictures. Yes. They come like, out of the mosaic. <laughs> like someone's like, Hey Vince, we got this like really great new graphic system. <laughs> Shoot the fuck out of it. Use all of it. Use all of it. Get it all. <laughs> yes. What's your favorite color, Vince? Purple. Purple. Purple mosaic everywhere. Lots of purple. Yeah, we get that. We get uh, the announcement of Crush versus Clown. And we get the announcement of The Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez, which has to be probably the worst WrestleMania match for The Undertaker ever. I guess I wasn't like a work rate guy. Like I didn't really critique the matches mm-hmm. all that much when I was watching here. Like I didn't really, never really registered to me how bad Giant Gonzalez, because everything looked hokey, you know, yeah. everything looked yeah. ridiculous and over the top. Yeah. So having a, a, an eight foot dude strangle you and having a guy overreact to it, I was like, yeah, that's what I'm watching. Like I didn't really, I was yeah. such a, a Matt purist. I was like, oh, he's what a terrible <laughs> worker this Giant Gonzalez is. It's like, this is my- Huge. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that at the, at the end of this episode too. <laughs> yeah, so, no. so we come out of that and we get the return of Crush. Yes, against the White Shadow. Okay, so I I had to do some research because like this has to be like somebody that's showing their face before, and he is actually a trainer for WWF. So his name is Billy Anderson. He has been a referee, a ring announcer, a wrestler, a trainer, a promoter, and also a stuntman in Hollywood. What's with I, the stuntman? Tr- yeah, I don't know. I guess we're in Southern California. Maybe there there, there's a lot of guys that would get the Hollywood work for getting thrown yeah. around a bit. He trained such wrestlers as the Ultimate Warrior, Sting, oh, and the late Louis Spicoli. <laughs> no way. Yeah. He's on the show. He was on this show, yeah. He's now a promoter for the International Wrestling Council, the IWC. Works yeah. for Big Wrestle. He turned into a suit. No, I traitor. Working for, working <laughs> for Big Wrestling. Yeah, so they, they just kind of threw him in there because, I don't know, maybe they needed somebody to put a mask on him, and, you know, he's the white shadow. No. Shirt plant number three. We have the Caesars Palace shirt back. 20, yeah. 28 minutes, 27 seconds in. Crush looks great. He does not look like he's been beaten to death at all. He comes in happy. No. He comes in with his, his shaka bra hands. Yeah. He doesn't, like, sell the injury, dude. No, he didn't do anything. He's like, I'm back, baby. I'm back. Nothing happened. <laughs> Clown just bounced yeah. right off of me. Went, went down to Hawaii because that's where I'm from, if you didn't know. Even and, though uh, he comes in with a surfboard. Yes, yeah, he didn't on do the surfboard rolling. in this one. I was upset. He didn't do the surfboard in this, yeah. in this match. He figured he probably could have against Billy Anderson here because he knows what he's doing. But anyway, so yeah, basic squash match on this one. He uses him as a Planet here? Fitness. He does the, you know, lift, <laughs> lifting the red tight as a, as a dumbbell. Yeah, yep, yep. Savage is, is, of course, very hyped that Crush is back. 
and getting to face Doink at WrestleMania. Chano like bounces off of Crush a couple of times. So we're really pushing the he's a big dude thing again. And then Crush runs out to clothesline Shadow, then back inside and locks on a bear hook. Shadow must weigh a bit because the finishing move of Crush was always the tilt a whirl backbreaker, like you do like mm -hmm. a He'd flip him around. When he tries to lift him up and do it, he can't. So he just like back breaks him. So if you go, oh, like, yeah. yeah, 29 minutes, 20, 45 seconds yeah, in or so is just... finishing time. He tries yeah. to do it. He tries to lift him around and he won't go. So he just like drops him on his so back. He just grabs him in like a bear hug and then drops him on his back. Yeah. Yeah. I before, see that. Before he squishes his head. Not That's a lot of people doing the head squish. Like usually they'd cut to the crowd to get a lot of people. Like mimicking yeah. the head squish. They got one middle-aged dad doing it. It's like, I believe in you, Crush. I'm still a fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm not seeing the love for Crush as I see Crush matches and, you know, they cut to the crowd and there was a lot of people that were, like, crushing. So I'm like, yeah. hey, you know, he might be kind of over. And, like, here, I'm like, ooh, he's just over. Like, they're over him. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. and he's looking into the audience like, is anybody give a shit now? Yeah, like, there's right. not a lot. Yeah, oh, the there one dude go. there they, they found in the audience doing it. I think, the, well, I think the camera guy in the aisle, there was like prompting him. Can you do this? Cause like, <laughs> please, somebody please do the crush move. Somebody for cheer us. for this dude. We need some B-roll. Yeah. Crush back, tried to pump the crowd to get some momentum for his match against Doink, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Nah, he gets his ass kicked by this clown. This, yeah, this is the end of Crush. I think the Crush experiment is over. We have a one-sided interview yes. where this like. I'm not going to let you talk. I do not trust <laughs> you to tell your own story. We're going to Brutus the Barber Beefcake in a chair. And yep. this is unfortunate. This is the segments we get now. Two director's chairs, a poster, and two guys talking. Instead of the barber shop or the funeral parlor, this is what, what we get now. This is the start of it. Vince and Brutus. And Vince won't let Brutus tell a story. He's like, now, nah. let me tell you your story. Yeah, so this is an interview with Brutus. Mm -hmm. And I think Brutus says two sentences in the entire thing, because Vince goes through his entire, you know, diatribe of hardships. You know, his mom dies from cancer. His dad dies from a heart attack. His wife leaves him. It's a regular country song for Brutus to <laughs> for people. Yes. Yeah, he lost, he, in the midst of all this, I think his truck broke down. His truck broke down, um, his dog he died. Can't, he, he can't find any beer. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and then he has like, he asks him like one question and he actually prompts the question. He's like, you had two people by your side. Who were those two people? And he basically says, you know, it's God and Hulk Hogan. That's it. That's yeah, all he, he has to say. He invokes the Hulkster. Yes. His father, son, Holy Spirit. And Hulk Hogan. Brutus looks really good for having his face completely reconstructed. They do show the x-rays. Apparently, he, the parasailing accident wasn't really Brutus parasailing. Brutus mm -hmm. gets hit in the face by a parasailer. So they're flying by and the parasailer's knees catches Brutus in the face and really collapses his face. Apparently, <laughs> he, he almost suffocates on the way. And then they reconstruct his face and he looks pretty good. I don't know yeah. how made up he is. Lots um, of pins. Lots yeah, of like, like in his, like his two looked like it was like two in his jaw, like one just above, like in between his eyes, just about like where his eyebrows and then one in his nose too. Yeah. He's got a lot of, a lot of metal up there. He's totally robo head. Yeah. It, it looks yeah. like Wolverine. Yeah. And they do the thing with him when he gets back in the ring where he has to wear that like protective gigantic armored mask. That, yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't wear it ever again. 
Like when he's the Zodiac or one of his other stupid ass characters in WCW, mm. he's just wearing Brutus face. I wonder if they just were careful or if he actually could resume a normal thing. My mom has steel stuff in her face. She fell down. So they rebuilt it like the Terminator. Yeah, we could rebuild them. But yeah, <laughs> she, she ain't wrestling. <laughs> so I really wonder about the, what the limitations on Brutus really were after this. Yeah. Yeah. Coming out of this interview, they're talking about how Brutus is taking on Ted DiBiase. And I guess it's going to be on Raw or some such shit. And yeah. this is going to like bring on the return of Hulk. This is, I think, where they're going to beat the shit out of him so badly that uh, Jimmy Hart mm -hmm. is is taken aback. He's like, what have I done? What? Look, uh, I can't condone this anymore. And he's going to flip on Money, Inc. Well, even Vince says that in this interview a little bit that Jimmy didn't even want this match to happen. Like Jimmy doesn't want this match to happen on, on Monday night. So there's also, they're already starting to plant that little seed there. Yeah. This, this is going to end badly. Yeah. This little kid that they cut back to 34 minutes, 40 seconds in when we're out of the Brutus segment, he's like four and he has an adult sized undertaker hat. That's like, it's, yeah, <laughs> the thing was like gigantic. <laughs> on him. It looked like a 10 gallon hat. It's like those old school hats too, with like the big foam underneath that like really made the front of the hat stick forward. Yeah. Of course, with the mesh back too. So very early nineties hat. We are in the ring with Mike McGurk. It looks like Danny Davis and one wrestler and two red tights. Yeah. <laughs> Louis Spicoli and the other guys. Yes. Yeah, so we've got Louis Spicoli. We've got Scott Bazo and Dan Farrow here. Let's, uh, let's go down to the, uh, let's go down the list here. So we already know Louis Spicoli because we've seen him several, several times. Dan Farron, Augie Loya, known as the Thunder Machine. He, he's the uh, Thunder Machine? Wait, 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 well, this is, this is in, uh, you know, one of his small, smaller venues, but yeah, he called it as the Thunder Machine. Uh, as, he, as a fan of G.I. Joe, the Thunder yeah. Machine was a dreadnought vehicle. It was like a, a hot rod with a jet engine that Zartan's group used to drive oh. around in. And it was called the Thunder Machine. This is bullshit. <laughs> you ain't no Thunder well, Machine. Just wait, just, just wait, because I got a little bit more on him. He's, oh. he, had a, he had an interesting gimmick where he wore a t-shirt that said, No Soy Porky, which apparently means I'm not fat, which obviously uh, got... Yes, he got the crowd to chant Porky at him, and he would over-exaggerate and put his hands over his ears as the crowd would chant it louder and louder. Yeah, like, <laughs> just roll with it. You're a red tight. Yeah. Use whatever you got. Dan Farron is an actor known for Boxhead Revolution in 2002. Two exposed pro wrestling's greatest secrets in 1998. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he's, he's breaking it out. <laughs> this this <laughs> like, let me tell you all the secrets. I, yeah. I'm really in. Yeah. He, he performed in Mexico under the ring name of Madonna's boyfriend. Get Eligate walks in. I, yeah. So this is this is the stupidest hot? thing ever. How hot is this dude's balls at the end of any match? <laughs> He's going to wear a well, rug. A, a rug well, bathing suit. I really don't believe that they're that hot because he doesn't do anything. He does not do anything. They, they tell this as he's going against three guys in this match are coming down with Wibbleman. And I think I, I, when I watched this, cause I watched this like three weeks ago when I originally did my notes and then I watched it again today, but I must've missed this part the first time. Cause I didn't really catch all of this. Maybe I went to the bathroom. I don't know. But so he gets in the ring and the three red tights all get out and they're all like discussing on the side, you know, who's going to face 
right. uh, Giant Gonzalez, to which he pulls Spicoli, of course, because he's probably the only one that knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Pulls, he, he grabs him by the head, you know, from outside of the ring, pulls him up in and just kind of holds him like he doesn't even do a move or anything on him. And the other two run away and then Spicoli like runs out of the ring and that's it. Yeah. So I would say his balls don't get too hot because he never does anything. He had to be an impressive dude because he's one of the few people that when he comes out, they do a lot of shots of the crowd just standing up trying to like get a view of this guy. Yeah. Uh, he's trying to make himself look even bigger than he is. He's got his arms out at all times showing like giant wingspan. Mm-hmm. He's trying to hold his arms even higher. They put him with the smallest manager of all time. So like people are just standing up during this match. Just in all of the size of this guy. So, I mean, that's, that's all he needs. Like Spicoli's going to do all the work for him. Spicoli jumps himself back into the ring while yeah. uh, Elegante's holding his hands on it. One thing about Acromegaly that I've heard is you're actually pretty weak. Like they look oh. huge, but they're really not very strong. But then I've also heard Andre was just unbelievably strong. So I don't know who to believe on that, but okay. uh, yeah, Spicoli's just acting like he's getting choked to death. The other two are yeah. scouring in fear. You got a choke slam. And Danny Davis doesn't know what to do. He's like, yeah. this is like a three-on-one. I guess I count a pin. And he goes down to start to count a pin and then stops. Yeah. And then Eligante goes to try to terrorize the other two red tights who run away. because Yeah, they, they're gone. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't even a match. So, no, he didn't go against three people. So, if they're going to say that, you know, Giant Gonzalez beat three people, is because they all got counted out because yeah. they ran out. That's it's it. not like he beat the shit out of them or anything. He didn't. Yeah, I mean, the, in a perfect world, it's choke slam one guy, bring another guy in, choke slam him on top of Spicoli, choke slam the third mm-hmm. guy on top of the second guy, and uh, pin all three. Yeah, then you're devastated. Of course, that's you know, it. being so scary that no one wants to face you, I guess, equally devastating. Well, I don't know what you want at this time. Didn't you know people? People didn't care about like you know the matches. It was just you know who was really in them. It's Elegante. It was awful. I do remember Skin Suit 2.0, where he doesn't have the fuzzy pants anymore. Oh, okay. Which uh, is what he has. Yeah, because I don't remember all this fuzz at WrestleMania 9. No, I don't think he's that fuzzy. I think it's just, yeah, I think it's, and it's more like orange. He's like, Vince, we're in Vegas. It's, it's 7,000 degrees in the shade. Can I do the summer wear version? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Can I wear a swimsuit edition of, of this outfit? This outfit, please. Because holy shit, it's a hot. Back from witness protection. The last time <laughs> we saw this poor gentleman was, uh, I guess, at the Rumble when we had Strike Force fight each other. Here it is, El Matador. Yep. And uh, yeah, I, I threw this one in the, the, the translator, took it into Spanish, and then brought it back to English so we can tell what El Matador is actually saying here. Lay it so, on me. All right. It's, hey. Remember me? I'm looking for any opportunity to do something. I'm, wait- I'm waiting for a chance, and it's never coming, but I will continue to wait. People have told me I'm finished, but unfortunately, I don't listen, even with this shitty gimmick. <laughs> I swear, he gets, he gets a little bit more belligerent every time. <laughs> yeah, Papa Shango sounding like Cookie Monster today. Yeah, Papa Shango spits, spits some rhyme on us, spits a haiku. <laughs> spits a haiku. Yes, I call this the lots of pain haiku. I'm in pain, big pains, small pains, great pains. <laughs> I'm a pain. He's narrowed down his gimmick to only three parts here. He's only doing skull, hat, bones. 
no flaming the, book, no staff. The, no, no. the skull didn't have the lights in it. I, at least he didn't turn them on if they did. It's like my batteries died on my skull. <laughs> yes, we're going to... Fitz is backstage with it. It was like, look, we can't have you going out with all this crap anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you got to simplify. Yeah, but yeah. There's no more room in the truck. <laughs> like, wait, I got an idea. I got a, I got a big hot rod out back that's in the shape of a skull. Ugh. Can I ride that to the ring? No, <laughs> we can't carry any more of your gear. Champion of yesteryear, Bob Backlin is in the house. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, wisecrackers and dames. Since I came back to the dance floor, I've come up with a mind tag of a brain buster for you young ruffians. The business is not for the faint of heart, but don't be here. But down in my bread basket, there's a ticker that's still pumping 120. I'll keep handing out knuckle sandwiches for the great people of this community just like I did in 1978. Even the ankle biters in the crowd mean a lot of cabbage for this bruiser. Be proud and don't fall asleep listening to my action promotion material he looks beat up he is he is bruised he has like old people tanning sunspots all over his body like mm -hmm. you, know, he, he, you know these these guys are beating him up he can he can't he can't hang anymore and his actual promo is like i want you to listen to me young people follow a person and be proud of him yeah like, he doesn't yeah. know if he's talking about himself or someone <laughs> else yeah he can't do a promo he absolutely not they're actually more sad than the Matadors. Like the Matador is better at promos than Bob Backlund is. Bob Backlund's terrible at promos. Yeah. He's the, he's the worst promo ever. Well, I wonder, <laughs> like, did they do like this type of promo, you know, back in 1978? I feel like it more, it was more of like the interview promo and less of the like, let's get, let's get you backstage and, you know, you're going to hype this thing without any interviewer there. He's got no hype. Yeah. And he can't do that. T-shirt plant number four, Monday Woo! Night Raw. We are now officially, if it wasn't evident before, we are way the B show here on Superstars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Raw is where it's at. That's it. Did you like the episode, Than? No. Well, I, I will say I liked the beginning of the episode. I thought the the Shawn Michaels Tataka match was really, really good. And then it just went all downhill. Yeah. from there after that point yeah not a fan i like the tatanka sean match as well i thought it was early 90s overselling at its best mm -hmm. i think my i don't even have a red tight of the night they were all forgettable i think yeah. maybe louis for trying yeah, to do his, um, i'll, I'll his, give louis some props on this one too i agree with that trying doing the best he could with feligante yeah. But I think what everything's been leading to did not happen on this episode. It happened actually during Mean Gene's WrestleMania thing. Mm -hmm. Because we saw, you know, Yoko's going to face Brett. You saw Giant Gonzalez attack The Undertaker at the Rumble. So we're going to have that match. We have the Crush, who got his ass kicked by Doink. We're going to have that match at WrestleMania. So, like, all the story that we've been following mm -hmm. isn't in the show. It's in the WrestleMania cards. I don't know what the hell we'll be watching for the next three or four weeks as we, I guess we're going to see the return of Hulk. I think that's going to be the big story. Yeah. I was wondering, like, because we do have these, you know, stories starting to build that you just mentioned there. And I was trying to think, like, is, does Razor have a match at WrestleMania 9? I don't remember a Razor match. Yeah, so I'm wondering if he like, check the card. Should we just uh, yeah. check the card? Check the card because I was like, maybe that's that's the only player, like major player, I feel like at this point that doesn't have something going on. Razor Ramon. There we go. Will fight 
champion of yesteryear. Oh, no. Bad <laughs> That's going to be a bond burner. <laughs> All right. Is there going to be some kind of build up for that match? Or is that just going to be kind of like an ad at the end? Yeah. How do you build well, that they, up? Yeah. They, I don't know. <laughs> You're boring. You have no machismo. Here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> see, it's like Razor trying to cut an interview with for the match. This is what I'm going to do, Razor. I'm going to take it and I'm going to throw you across the ring. And maybe I might try to pin you. I don't know. We're going to see what happens. See what happens. But I wish you good luck. It's just like, I'm going to be doing lines of coke off of your corpse. Well, next week we will have The Undertaker. So we're going to get like mm-hmm. the, the, all, all the opponents. We'll have The Undertaker. Yeah. We'll have Kamala, mm-hmm. who isn't going to be doing anything. Oh. Reza Ranon mm-hmm. is going to be on the show. Mr. Perfect will be on the show. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to see the other half of the card. Yeah, and then out of left field, we get a wonderful little quick interview with Raymond Rougeau on the, the interview do it. platform with Bam Bam Bigelow and Earthquake, who just all of a sudden they have decided to agree to wrestle next week. Yes, well, till then, Sayonara Undertaker. Sayonara Undertaker and Shawn Michaels has left the building. Shh.